Hi guys and welcome to episode 13 of Just Keep Swimming. Um, it's been a while since I've recorded an episode and that's purely because I've had a bit of a brain block um, and my thoughts just haven't been going and then I had my mum's three-year anniversary not long ago so there's been a lot of emotions, a lot of highs and lows um, and I've been waiting to do this episode for some time um, and I've actually managed to get hold of my brother in the Caribbean um, where I've interviewed him and had a chat with him about his grief and his relationship with grief and how he's dealt with it um, and also talking a bit about his childhood and his memories of both my mum and my dad which have been really really lovely to hear. I hope you guys enjoy it, I'll leave you to it and speak to you later. I can, yes. How are you? Perfect. Good, thank you. Uh, so, well, I've done my intro and stuff, so I'm just going to go straight into asking you a few questions and just seeing, well, just giving me your side of, yeah, your journey and everything else, okay? So I just want to start off with something nice and easy with just you telling me about your childhood and what it was like. My childhood, I guess, um... My childhood was kind of something that I did kind of keep very little memory of when when things changed. But from the memories that I have, they were of, I guess, sort of dreams and aspirations um, growing up in, in Birmingham, in the family home, um, in regards to, like, the the parents relationships and so forth um this is not very good I, I <laughs> <laughs> so cash is really nervous like cash is like away from home he doesn't live with us he lives abroad in the Cayman <clears throat> Islands and he's super nervous about this and I've told him to take it easy and just relax because we've been trying to do this interview for some some months now and it just hasn't happened so he just needs to take it easy and you just need to take a step back and just talk to me about, yeah, just just things about growing up. Like, were you a happy child? Did you find it difficult growing up? Um, you mentioned, obviously, like, mum and dad's relationship and stuff. Maybe just delve into a little bit about that if you want to. I think mum and dad's relationship was very much um, a very traditional relationship in terms of how they were towards each other the there was some like um obviously definite sort of love and um there was admiration for each other in some ways i think there was a the traditional element of the growing growing up that uh, the father was the, the the main person in the house and that everyone needs to respect of the father and and obviously he would be the the main point of focus in regards to you know how the day goes how 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 everyone sort of settles into their their days um when i was at school when i was uh with mum and dad i'd i'd have a, a different relationship with both of them um from what i can remember um where mum would be the the softy dad would be the more yeah. sort of like pull your socks up 
get on with it, no messing around, you know, and very much, maybe not regimented as such, but, you know, he was very much, um, you know, he was very much the father figure in, in a very stern, fairly stern way. Yeah. Um, he didn't really show much emotion, I guess. Um, he he would show his his um, I suppose relationship in in the way he carried himself with with uh, within the family and the extended families, um, and he was very much respected for you know everything that he's achieved, everything that he did, um, and I think mum. I think just being mum, as in, you know, she had, you know, two of us, then obviously then you, then you came along um, and, you know, that was her point of focus was just very much the kids, the kids, the kids. Yeah. The house, you know, the house well-being, the cleaning, the cooking. So it was a very traditional relationship that they were in. Um, I would, you know, when we look at modern day parenting and, and the love and people you know, tend to show generally, you know, it's a very, very different, different way of yeah. upbringing now. And, you know, for them, it was very much traditional. It was straight from, you know, their, their, their childhood, how their parents probably grew up, how they were very much, you know, aligned on the basis that you're, you are the wife, you are the, the mother of the children, you are the one that is doing all the the necessary things at home and then he is the one that will be away doing the work and you know and doing all those other things so that's how I viewed my mum my and dad's relationship I think um you know when I when I say that I kept very little memories I think it was because of what transpired when you know when I was 10 and and losing dad yeah it yeah it kind of, you know, there, you know, I think it's something that uh, after mum passing away and, and, you know, listening to the things that you said in, in your podcasts and so forth, you know, it's made me think that I've actually, and in fact, when I was actually doing some self-work um, a few years ago, I'd realised that I actually don't have many memories from when I was a kid up until probably my my mid to late teens to be honest because I kind of suppressed them I think you know what just sorry to like jump in but I think I feel the same from when I was younger I don't really have many childhood memories Mm. and like when I did my uh, one of my podcast episodes about mom and my relationship with mom I think most of those memories came from when I was a little bit older probably when I was in my teens late teens maybe Mm-hmm. um so it's interesting that you kind of have a similar experience mm-hmm. but yeah sorry go on go on okay so um, i think it was just you know whether it was i don't know where that came from i don't know whether suppression and the the not keeping hold of the memories were mm-hmm. from i'm not sure i think maybe there was an element of just how you know how the structure of my mum and dad's relationship or mum and dad's relationship was Mm -hmm. that probably you know was very much how we were kind of uh, I suppose defined at that stage and then when um, when dad passed um, I think the dynamic of obviously the parenting completely changed because you know mum was left to it in a sense you know where she just had to just 
you know, take on the realms and then, um, you know, just make, you know, making sure that we're all, you know, Aspes, you know, being the best mother that she can be to get us through um, and be the people that we are today in a sense. So, I yeah. Think, yeah, I think the defining moment of my dad passing away, I think even in my school years, I remember some things, I remember certain things about my junior school and, um, but it was very much like I was trying to find my own way, um, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, just thinking about, you know, what, you know, I had all these, you know, weird aspirations and dreams of, you know, wanting to do something and seeing all this wonderful things that you see in the media and, you know, not, not in social media, but, you know, in the TV. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how people were, you know, very much, you know, it's, it's about us and them and, you know, how do we get to them when we are where we are, you know, so mm. I think lots of that, that was, was in my childhood and, I don't think we we didn't have much as as kids. You know, we very much were, you know, we lived by week by week. You know, and there yeah. was a, a strict sort of process of how much you know money we had, how much money mum could spend on groceries. Um, mm -hmm. So very very much almost archaic. You know, growing up. You know, in, in many ways. You know, it's particularly based on the. The relationship that I, we grew up in with mum and dad both being present so it was very yeah um, it was like that um, yeah yeah definitely um so I'm gonna take you back a little bit with like after you know when dad did pass away and stuff obviously I was obviously only like three yeah. you were a little bit older and Jay was a little bit older as well um but I don't have many memories of like after him passing and stuff and like how mum dealt with it and how mum coped with it. And obviously likewise, how you guys coped with it as well. So I don't know if you have any memories of things like that or what had happened, like, you know, not long after dad passing, it would be interesting to hear. Um, I think um, after dad passing, I think it was very much, I think that's where it just became very much a blur. Like I think my my okay. second years, um, we were. I think I I remember when my brother and I started going to secondary school. I remember yeah. Dad kind of going through a process of how I needed to get to school. How my brother mm -hmm. would, so we'd we would walk, and that would be one of the ways that my dad would bond with us. You know, as in. He would make her, not make us, but you know he'd he'd guide us in in, in yeah. doing certain things that were you know necessary to make sure that you know we get to and from safely. I think um, when he did pass, um, I think that's where like you know the memories and and the the sort of just yeah. kind of occurred. Yeah, you know, and I think the first couple of years when you know mum was by herself. She, you know, she, she was, you know, I, I was kind of partially aware of what was going on, but not really fully. Yeah, you um, were still young. Yeah, I was still learning to, you know, yeah. think what's going on here, you know, are we old enough to be able to comprehend what's going mm -hmm. through, what's happening, you know, and how is it, you know, I, I don't even know if I, I mean, obviously, I always wanted to be there with you to make sure that you were okay. Yeah. Um, 
that was that was definite like um just an just the connection there where I just felt like, you know, because uh, obviously dad's not here. Yeah. I know you had, I think dad was very fond of, that, that. I must admit that was something that I did remember. He was very fond of you mm -hmm. in particular when you were in those early years. You know, he was very much, very, there was, there was a lot of love showing. And maybe but there was, you know, maybe that comes from now, you know, thinking about it, you know, maybe the, the fact that you know I'm the middle child now, and I'm not going to be showing. This <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. You know, maybe there's an element of truth in that, you know, because there was a definite like, you know, she, he was very caring towards you know how you were, and he'd he'd kind of spoil you in many ways. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously me and my brother would would not be in that same you know category, and whether we felt that you know. As a, as a child, maybe whether I felt that initially, I you know maybe there is some truth. Yeah, in that. yeah. Maybe. Um, but I guess when he did pass, going back to the original question, um, I don't really know how Mum adjusted. Okay. I didn't register it. I didn't really. I think yeah. that's where like the the block of my memories and the I suppose the the fears and so forth kind of stemmed from. You know, it's that. Yeah. You know, we're one less person. You know, we don't have we we don't have any. You know, we're not financially comfortable. Mum was okay because the house was there and the house was yeah. paid off. And luckily, you know, there was there was you know there was things like income support and and widow allowances at the time for mum, so she was able to kind of get through, you know, week by week. And you know, amazingly, she you know she did you know she did she yeah. was able. To aside she was able to have like mm -hmm. a you know the, it was a very old school way of saving money but we used to work with an insurance company um and mum would give you know one of a i think a set amount every single week yeah. to yeah. this man that would come and collect money from him every, uh, every week and we'd have like a, a weird almost like a bond it's almost like a family member who would come to the house every week and speak to us he'd have some chai yeah <laughs> I remember mom, yeah yeah mum would be doing these things obviously for <laughs> our futures and for you know to try and make sure that we have like some you know financial I suppose freedom you know in a yeah. sense that we're able yeah. to you know have something when when we are older in a sense and I think there's things like that which I remembered um I think we weren't particularly spoiled I think there was I think where I started the memories that I can think back that start coming back are probably when I was in my when I was 14, 15 years old, I guess. But okay. you know, from 10 to 12, 13, I don't actually remember much. I remember my, my secondary school, like first couple of years, but not particularly well. I think I was going through some weird stuff at the time. Um, and yeah. again, it was, yeah, I think it was, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, I, I experienced that I, I went through in my teen years that I suppose, you know, very much as a teenage boy, you know, I would kind of expect to kind of be and it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, very few memories that I have of home other than things that, you know, like our aunties, uh, you know, our phase, you know, uh, would be around. Uh, my ma Massey would be around per se to a, ma a little bit because of the distance where Massey was. Um, but, you know, I think she had support from, 
inner my because our new sort of extended family and yeah you know so where she had the support she did have you know a lot of people around her which i think came from you know the respect that they had from my dad in particular uh, or dads are in particular i keep saying my dad like it's just... <laughs> yeah he's just your dad <laughs> that's fine uh, you know, so um you know i guess it's something that um it, yeah I, I i just don't know why i, I still but maybe it was um your that was your grief and that's why you didn't i don't know process certain things or whatever you have like this bit of a brain block almost and stuff and mm. you know when everyone's grief is different and you were very young back mm. then when it did happen so you know it was probably just your way of dealing with what was going on maybe maybe yeah maybe mm. that's there is some truth there as well but yeah i think it was certainly something that I do now think about more and more is that, you know, I, I just don't have many memories from my, yeah. years, my early, early teen years and even my childhood, you know, I, I think the memories that I have are like, you know, free spirit things like going to the park and doing things like that and then having a bike, I guess, you know, and, yeah. ever, you know, having my, I think my first bike I had was when you know, I think I was in my, you know, nine, ten years old, and I think I remember f falling off the bike, going down a ramp, and hurting myself. <laughs> nice. Just about that remembering. Yeah. I think one of the memories that will never fade, which uh, it's just very strange, but you know, uh, being chased by a dog, and it was like the most <laughs> probably one of the most scariest moments that I will never forget as a child. <laughs> and that's okay. you, know, you know that's brought into my adult life where I don't have any real affiliation with pets or dogs or anything yeah kind in a sense so things like that i met, remember i guess but you know, it's nothing, funny isn't it yeah yeah nothing too much yeah. cool no but you know it's nice it's nice to hear it's nice to hear some of those things and stuff and especially because i don't really have any memories of dad at all except for what people have told me and i think even after dad passing and even after mom passing i don't think we've actually really spoken about stuff so it is like when i spoke to jay you know, there was lots of things that came out in our little chat and it was nice to hear a lot of it because I I had no I had no idea what life was like back then because obviously A I wasn't around and then I was just really really young as well. Um but yeah, no, thank you. Um so I just want to know a little bit about your relationship with mum, really. Because obviously this was my re this is my reason for my podcast, you know, that was what my grief journey is about, about mum and how things have been and stuff since losing mom and stuff but I wanted to kind of know about your relationship with her like obviously when she was around um did it change over the years um yeah I just want to know a little bit about that yeah I mean it, yeah I mean it definitely changed over the years after after my sort of secondary school years and going into college you know there was yeah. there was a very definite change in, in how me and mum would be I think or the relationship that I had with mum would be mm -hmm. um, I think she was <clears throat> I think she was always <coughs> what's the word always just not she always knew that I was I guess okay like you know I, I'm you know I've got I yeah. got past the <coughs> excuse me I got on past the those and when I was going through the sort of early teens and the ten 
when I was 10, 11 years old. And, you know, I, I did do some things that were like not good, as in, you know, I. I <laughs> You're a that, bit of a rebel, weren't you, Cash? A, a bit of a rebel child and a bit yeah. naughty. Yeah. I think it was because I was brought up in, in yeah. the surrounding that I was, the people that I was with, the, the kids that I grew up with. You know, it was a very rebellious time. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mum had obviously naturally concerns about what, how, I'm gonna, how things are going to change and how I'm going to end up. You know, there was, there was, you know, instances where, you know, getting involved in, in you know, sort of, you know, what's the word, you know, just dodgy scenarios, yeah. things like that, you know. The park but, pens, yes. Yeah, or, you know, things like that, <laughs> without going to getting too involved into that conversation. So uh, I'm going to have to delve into it a little bit. So my brother stole Parker pens and then mum had to get involved and there was police involved, I think, and stuff. And he was very naughty. So I think that's what you're referring to. If anybody is wondering what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Parker pens. But yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Please, please make sure you adjust that and edit that, please. Because I'm now... Mm, not so sure, but yeah. <laughs> I'm now a different place in my life and I can't have yeah. little skeletons. <laughs> so, but um, I think at the time... <clears throat> Mum did uh, did an she did an amazing job to be fair like you know she would <coughs> she would always say to me that you know if there are things like that you want that you should just ask you know and yeah. and <coughs> and then I thought okay uh, yes I understand that you know I have to do be better than this and I think that's where when she kind of guided me through that stage where I was being that rebel and being that person okay. that wanted or just doing things unnecessarily it was just it wasn't even like I wanted these things it was just like a you just yeah. it, you had you had guys around you that you were growing up with and it, and it just kind of fell into place where you know it gave us something to do it was like dangerous it was like a bit like a little bit of excitement you know a bit yeah of like edginess yeah and you're a kid you were a kid at the end of the day so yeah kids go through these weird phases yeah yeah so then like after you know mum had obviously some really severe telling going having a go at me and and shout and not shouting at me per se but just you know helping me understand that you know if there's something that I want that I should just ask and I should just you know try and buy it in a sense so you know and that kind of you know resonated with me at the time when I was I think it was in my probably 13 years, when I was 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, <clears throat> I thought, okay, I've got to, you know, re- reevaluate what I'm doing with this scenario and and doing these, you know, um, deviant things of, you know, you know, things like that. Um, and I then thought, okay, mum, I'm going to see if I can, you know, one of my friends was doing a paper round at the time and I thought, okay, maybe I could do a paper oh, round. Oh, yeah. I really want, I really, and and at the time, being 12, 13 years old and falling in love with football, I thought, I really want to watch the World Cup. I want to watch it without any any interruption. And I really want a TV in my room. So I thought, okay, (laughs) I'm going to go and do a paper out and just go for it, see how it goes, see how much money I can put together um, and, you know, and put money together so I can, you know, effectively try and buy a TV so that when... I think it was, can't remember what year it would be, to be honest, but I think it was maybe World Cup 90 or something, maybe like that. No, yeah, okay. World Cup 90. I think it was Italia 90, that was it, um, was going on. And then the Euros were happening you know, a couple of years after that. 
and I really wanted a TV to make sure that I don't miss any of the games in my room. Yeah. I did my paper round. I saved uh, a lot of money at the time for what it was. It was, you know, it wasn't much for now, but obviously at the time it was a lot of money. Like yeah. You could buy a TV for like £120. <clears throat> so I remember, I think I had about 80 or £90, and then mum took me to the electricals um, the store. <clears throat> that was the, the only place that we'd buy our, all our electrical goods and the, the our owner was like you know aware of who my mum was and who my dad was and you know, yeah he chipped in and bought me uh, bought a TV so I ended up buying a TV with the money that I had mum chipped in so I had the TV in time for like nice. the, the sports whatever the World Cup or whatever it was at the time yeah and you know it's like um when when she guided me through that and I got that, it was like a sense of achievement, you know. Yeah, like, that's nice. It's got to be nice. But yeah. I'll get, I've got my TV now and I feel really, you know, it was just like, then I just lived in my room pretty much at that time. <laughs> 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 I think that the shouting and screaming from mum when the dinner was ready was like, come that banged the ceiling with the, with the broom and uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god you know what I'd totally forgotten about that but yeah I used to do it as well I used to knock on the ceiling to get you guys down as well actually yeah, when I was younger so, yeah I totally doing all those things and and then yeah and then I had my tape recorder at the time and, and playing my music and yeah. it was just yeah because I, I was think I had that freedom at the time because I had my tv I had the, the my tape recorder I had my my you know, tapes that I could make my mixtapes yeah. and everything on. And I was just in my room, like, pretty much all the time. And, you know, I think that's where, like, um, you know, the relationship from mum and myself came about, where, you know, she could see that I was so happy with my TV. It was like... You know, that was it. It was made. <laughs> yeah, it was like I made, in a sense. So, um, yeah, so I think things like that, where she kind of guided me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, they realize that you know I don't have to do the things that you know I was doing to get you know things and you know illegally and all those sort of scenarios and I think that's where like when that process happened and then like I was desperate to try and find like a weekend job I I was so desperate to find a weekend job after doing my paper rounds mm-hmm. that I, I remember going to town like with my you know my what you call a CV at the time was literally just me and my, you know, my school school yeah. know, scenarios and stuff. And, you know, desperate to try and find a job when I was in, when I was turning 16 and, you know, no one gave me a job and I couldn't, because, I, you, know, I, you know, that TV scenario and the, and the paper round scenario, I thought, okay, you know, if I can do this, I can get the things I want. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to be doing stupid things. I don't have to, you know, do any of these scenarios. Um, and then I couldn't find one um, for love and money at the time. And then that's when I think, you know, in my latest for the teen years, again, I, my academics were all over the show. They, they were just, they were just awful. My academic years were awful. I wasn't focused. I wasn't, you know, I think there were few things that I was focused on at the time. I had dreams and aspirations, but, you know, I wasn't the, the academics wise which is obviously the, the, I suppose, the, the main way to achieve what you want to achieve as, you know, yeah. as a, you know through, through education was, is the way forward. And at the time, I just didn't want to focus on education at all. Like, I just couldn't be bothered. 
yeah. very little studying and that reflected in my GCSEs at the time. I barely scraped through in four, five GCSEs at the time. And, you know, it was a very much, um, I don't, it was just very much a very, like, me against the world scenario. Yeah. I think yeah. Mom was aware of it and she was respectful and she guided me as much as she could. <clears throat> and and the relationship I think we had was she, you know, she kind of like got to the point where she was happy and she was content that I'm okay and I'm fine. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to be able to take care of myself. I'm going to be, you know, I may have like some, you know, bumps in the road along the way. <clears throat> and, you know, but she kind of got to the point where she thought, okay, I don't need to worry about you anymore. And that's where I suppose our relationship just became like a very, very different scenario where, you know, she could just, you know, trust me to do the right thing. Um, yeah. And she obviously understood that, you know, I was very much about, you know, her values were very much my values when it comes to family, when it comes to people or immediate family and extended. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and, you know, and, you know, knowing that, I was looking out for you um, more more often than not, you know, making sure that you're okay. Um, yeah. I think that's where I think our relationship just became like really comfortable. It was very much about, you know, we are fine, we're both okay, and mum doesn't have to worry about you because I'm there. And there yeah. where she would be worried about your childhood. Yeah. You know, at the time she was worrying about your childhood growing up she was worried about Jay you know the way things happened with him when he was 18 yeah. years old there was so much going on for her and then for her to know that I'm okay that I, she doesn't have to worry about me I think it just made her life just easier yes um, you know, yeah I was there for you she she you know it made it a more comfortable she was just you know at, at ease with us as a relationship yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. I think those are the things like, you know, I remember having conversations with her about you and how concerned she was about some of the things that you were doing, you know, and I said, you know, I always said to her, look, mom, she's, she's old, she's there, she's fine, I'm there, I know what she's generally doing throughout her days and her as she's growing up. And yeah. There's no need for you to worry about it. And I tried, I remember having conversations with about, you know, that, you know, this is a different time of life. You know, we're in a Western world where very, things are very different, you know, for us. Yeah. For us growing up has been very different to how she's grown up, how she's used to growing up. Of course. Um, and back in India, obviously, things are very different, you know, so, and oh, naturally she was concerned, you know, she was concerned about her daughter, you know, growing up and becoming... Yeah. The, the beautiful woman that my sister is now, you know, all those, <laughs> you know, um, were thoughts that were in her mind. And obviously on top of that, she had my brother, um, or sorry, our brother, Jay, you know, going through the things that he was going through. You know, yeah. And then for me to just give her that peace of mind, I think it made me feel comfortable as well. It made me feel happy that she didn't have to worry about me. I'm fine. I found my you know, you know, I suppose comfort zone and, you know, and I will be there for you. I'll be there for Jay as much as I can be. Um, and that, you know, ultimately she doesn't have to worry about me. So that was the, I suppose the relationship as it, as I got into my late teens. Um, yeah. 
where it just became really comfortable. <clears throat> I think she was very, I think she felt, she felt very um, let down when I did move to London. I, I remember yeah. the time when I was, when I was 18 and I left college, I, I applied to do the dispensing opticians role that, you know, I was going for at the time, guided by one of my cousins in London at the time. I thought, okay, this is something that's different. I can get away from Birmingham. I can get away from things that I don't like, you know, and Birmingham at the time, you know, all respect to Brummies and so forth was just a real dump. It was horrible. I didn't want to be there. There was nothing going for me in Birmingham. My education was awful. Um, you know, my colleges were tough, you know, um, and, you know, all those elements were like, you know, brought to a point where I had this vision of uh, of an opportunity that arose of going into London, you know, finding a job, doing some training, and then, you know, learning to go through this dispensing optician's um, career path. And I thought, okay, I'm yeah. going to go with it. Mum at the time was, I think, was in India at the time. I think she went to India with you, I think. Um, yeah. And I think you both went, I think... Um, I think it was when the Jays thing happened. I think it was, I can't specifically remember. I think you were all away. Yeah, you were all away. I was there. Um, and then, like, the London thing kind of just happened while you were there. I sent yeah. out to opticians in London, all sorts of different areas. I got two responses, one from my first job, which was in West London in Hounslow from Specsavers. Um, yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm going to just go with it. Um, I'm going to see where the opportunity takes me. I start my course in September uh, when I was turned 18. Um, and I left. I literally left within a matter of, you know, a couple of weeks after mum came back from India. And I think you all came back from India. And then I literally left to go to London and um, to set up, you know, I suppose my new life or my new career. Yeah. Um, and I think she was, I think she always said to me, she was very upset, you know, at the decision. I think she found it hard. I think she yeah. found it difficult because, yeah, yeah he'd, he'd yeah. gone. Yeah. I was, I was gone and, you know, she, she was just left dealing with the other things. I think that's where, you know, I think there was, a, it was a tough call. I think, you know, there were obviously elements where, you know, I did think about it and I thought, no, this is about, you know, as much as I was being selfish, I guess, at the time. It's about my life, you know, I have to take care of myself. I want to do this. I don't want to be in Birmingham anymore. Like, you know, seeing my friends and seeing the people that I've been hanging around with and what they're doing, the kids that I grew up with when I was at secondary school, what they're doing, yeah. you know, they, they, you know, and, you know, I'm sure most of them are doing things that they're happy with and, and that, you know, they've achieved things. But, you know, at the time, they were, they were nowhere. we were going nowhere. There was nothing happening for us. Yeah. So um, I thought, okay, I'm going to just see where this takes me. If it's, you know, like London was a big city and it was like, okay, I've got to find myself. I'm not going to go to university um, because of my, my academic background. I was never going to be able to do that. So I thought, okay, let's just see where this road takes me. I left. Um, and then I think the, the, the mum and myself relationship changed again at that point. I think it was initially where she was hurt and upset, the fact that I just left. Um, 
and then I think then she started realizing that you know that I'm growing up and I'm getting on with things yeah. independent um she would naturally worry about me for things like you know are you eating okay are you <laughs> all those things you know and, um, yeah you know and and and, and admittedly you know a fair, it was a fair point you know I, I was living in a student household you know feeling like I was a student but I wasn't I was studying and working at the same time yeah living in a student household eating you know those horrible noodles and you know just you know something that you know I thought was cooking at the time was just that's what I that I'd eat just crappy food in a sense so you know yeah. worried about it and you know she tried to get me to make you know some you know crappy food and I wasn't yeah. interested, you know, and then, you know, that's where I kind of, you know, the, I suppose she started seeing that I'm okay and I'm comfortable. And um, you were looking after yourself, yeah. yeah. I, had a few, I had a few financial challenges in my first couple of years, to be fair. Mm -hmm. like my, my earning was just terrible and the cost of living in London was just crazy how expensive it was. Like, you know, I'd get paid and within a matter of about two weeks, I'd have nothing left, you know, in a sense, and I'd have to ask mum. Or I'd have to ask people for some handouts and you know things like that. You know, it was a tough couple at first few years, and then yeah, I eventually find my feet with another role that I left for from my first role at Specsavers, and then you know, and then even at that time, it was just like, okay, I'm not sure what I'm doing with this. I don't know whether this is going to be the right thing for me. And then I moved again from uh, and the company that I was working for at the time, and then like at that point, I felt really comfortable i worked i started working for a company in west london in kensington and that's where like mum realized that you know i'm fine like you know now i'm comfortable i'm not going to be you know in a scenario where i have to worry about money per se um and i have to just concentrate on getting through you know the things that you know i have to do at the time so and that's where like the the growing up you know and being independent and Again, mum just knowing that I was okay and I was fine and, you know, despite the fact that she was disappointed with my decision that I just left Birmingham almost, yeah. like, you know, she, she knew you were going to be okay. It was for my future, you know, it's my future that I'm, you know, I have to think about as much as I'm there for, you know, you guys and mum, you know, I have to think about, you know, all the other things in life as well. So. You know, and that's where like the relationship became even more closer because you know there were, you know, we had a lot of family. We have a lot of family in London. You know that she can't get to very easily. So therefore, you know, for me it was just uh, you know easy to just blend into a lot of the family that were in London at the time. Yeah, and keeping those connections going and stuff. Yeah, where she grew in in the sense that you know I'm being respectful of everything that the people that we are. You know, I'm respectful of the fact that. You know, our family is there, that you know, they are there to welcome you if, you know, if, if I ever need to. So, you know, I would go to my, you know, my, my kaka's, you know, kaka's place on a very regular basis to eat, you know, and, and she would love the fact that I would do these things, you know, and, and she, she, she would see it like, you know, I was carrying forward, like how dad would carry himself, yeah. you know, yeah. so, you know, she felt comfortable with all those things and, you know, she knew that, you know, I would, if there was something happening or if someone passed away, which as naturally as, you know, uh, 
our elders and the older generations do. They, they start passing, you know, mum not able to get to London, you know, if I'm there, like, she knew that I would just be there. It's like, no issues, I'd be there, I'd help out with the family, and I'd do everything that's necessary. Uh, I think when Sanji Kaka passed away, one of our uncles passed away in, in West London, I remember going there pretty much every day, making sure that, you know, everyone's there as a unit in a sense. and Yeah, keeping the family ties going. Yeah, and and yeah. all those things. And then, you know, as, you know, as things kind of evolved, you know, naturally those uncles, you know, and auntie mm-hmm. would, would yeah. start passing away. And, you know, she, it was just, you know, like the London family and the people around there, mum just knew that I just kept everything going. It was just so, she was just yeah. so with that you know and that that thought that thought for me was enough that you know for me I'm doing enough for mum that she's okay and she knows that I'm doing what I can to be there as a family representative um, yeah you know I'm doing all the right things and ticking all the right boxes and stuff so again we just had a really really like very easygoing very loving um very respectful relationship and she knew that if anything were to happen, I would come back. I would be able to do anything um, to be able to get back if anything were to ever occur to her, because I was only a couple of hours drive at the yeah. time. You know, yeah. Change journey back and stuff, you know, before I had a car. Um, so it was never difficult in that regard. And and she knew that at the end of the day that, you know, I was I made these steps to make my life comfortable and make sure that my journey through life was as good as it could be based on the opportunities that I had or that I gave myself, I guess. Definitely. Um, and then, you know, the, that loving relationship that we had, it was just easy. Like, we, we could talk. We could talk sometimes for hours. We could talk for maybe just a few minutes. Um, I would generally try and speak to her every day at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, how's everything? And she would, you know, the, the general questions, you know, um, yeah. I suppose the general concerns as I'm as I was getting older, you know, the constant reminders about the fact that why am I not settling down? Why am I not yeah. with someone? Blah blah blah. You know, so we had that banter that was, you know, it was just comfortable. It was just easy. Um, but all the while, as much as she was probably worried a little bit, she was just knowing that I was just fine. That I'm yeah, I'm perfectly okay in what I'm doing, and I'm comfortable and I'm happy. You know, and you know that's where she just our relationship just became just so just care maybe not carefree but just comfortable. It was just it yeah, was, just got better. Was, yeah, you know, I never did anything to. I don't think I ever did anything much to upset her, apart from you know things like leaving the UK. Yeah, I suppose leaving yeah. the UK that was another you know a big. Yeah, you know, I think that was a big. Um, blow for her I think when when I did move to you know move abroad which I'm at at the moment um, yeah. um that was another like I think those were the main things where I, I knew that I probably hurt her in the decisions that I made yeah. on the whole with the exception of those things our, our relationship was just easy it was just like yeah and at the end of the day she was proud of the steps that you took and she was proud of the yeah. moves you know the moves you made and stuff and that's yeah. what's important really yeah, so yeah. where our relationship evolved um, into a, into a beautiful way. Like you know, I the the knowing when I was driving home, like you know, every time I drive home for you know something like Diwali or Christmas, it would just be yeah. Like, 
and it would just be nice to know that I'm going to be walking in. Mum's going to give me an amazing hug. Yeah. It's just going to be, you know, comfortable and perfect. And and even, like, at the time, you know, there'd be things like, you know, I I built up a comfort zone in, in London, you know, and then coming back to Birmingham, it was always a bit of a challenge, a bit of an adjustment, you know, being at home, being in Birmingham, you know, and... and yeah as much as I wanted to be with mum, I also wanted to get back to my life in London. <laughs> yeah, I know. So there were lots of, you know, things where we kind of had a bit of banter, a bit of, I suppose, a bit of bickering maybe sometimes. Yeah, 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 definitely. But, um, but on the whole, we just had a really easy, carefree, you know, because we weren't in each other's faces on a regular basis. Um mm we had each other's space we all we both had each other's respect um, yeah. and that we both knew that we were there for each other when when if ever everything came around in a sense so yeah that those are my I suppose relation my memories of, of our yeah. our relationship changing over the years um, yeah. you know and that's where I think you know uh, yeah yeah right, yeah. No, yeah definitely thanks for sharing all that as well I think it's nice to again hear how your relationship was and how it changed how it evolved over the years and stuff so I want to touch on something obviously not very nice now and just obviously mum's passing and um just talking us through your thoughts your feelings those days those weeks leading up you know just about your experience because obviously you weren't here you weren't with us um just kind of wanting to know your side of things being so far away and stuff and mm. yeah and how, just how you felt about the whole the whole journey like leading up mm. and the days and all, think, all of uh, that really. yeah, I think going back to the the points that I was making about you know the, the probably the two most hurtful times for mum and my relationship was when I won mm. and then the same yeah. moved to the Cayman Islands and you know, I remember having the conversation with her, you know, when I was making the decision, I said, look, mom, I'm only one flight away. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really not far, you know, as much as it's far, but it's really not, I can get a flight there, a flight back. There's three a week. Um, it's really not an issue. And I can always go by other ways if I wanted to do another day, you know, and it's really not, you know, I'm not far, I'm far enough, but I'm not, that far in the sense that I know I'm, yeah. you know and there's no need to be worried there's no need to be concerned um and then it, you know that relationship uh, that will never uh, that relation that conversation sorry will never fade when I said to her look I'm only a flight away and yeah not far uh, I'm doing what I think is right for me at this time you know based of on course. what I was going through in my personal life again it's something that I never really shared with mum and I don't feel bad about it because I think it may have, you know, it would have concerned her and yeah, and she would have worried and stuff. Yeah, you didn't want that for personal reasons. I things happened in my life, and then I thought, okay, I'm gonna just jump. I'm gonna take another opportunity to take another leap of faith and just move abroad, go and work abroad, see where the wind takes me for a while, Um, and then you know, you know, I'll be back. Maybe you know, I could be back in three months. I I remember saying, yeah you know if I, I might hate it in a couple of months and come back you know I just don't know so you know I then took the leap of faith and left um and then obviously the com you know the relationship became 
I suppose the, the dynamic changed a little bit more because she was naturally concerned because of the distance um, and naturally concerned because I'm, you know, in a foreign place all by myself with no family, no friends, nothing, you know, um, you know, and that concern was there. I think coming up to the times where everything kind of came to a head, um, I think that that couple of months was just a very very strange time because you know I knew there was something happening. Mum's health was never the best, and I knew that there were always things that were going to be happening with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, you know, when all this was happening with the with the, the the length of time that she was ill and the length of time her symptoms were showing, and or you know what 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 I'm hearing from her, what I'm hearing from you guys, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is you know, what is happening here, what is going on, you know, I don't understand, you know, and I, I, I think a couple of weeks, or, yeah, I think it was a couple of weeks before it all happened, you know, I remember having a conversation with mum, and, and it was a very hard conversation, because I said, you know, I, I said to her, just help me understand what you're going through, help me understand what is happening, um, I don't think she really knew what was going on. No, no. And, you know, I was trying to hear. I was trying to help her get to a point where she can focus on her well-being, focus on the things that are positive in life, uh, and just try and get her to thinking a bit more positively and you know feel better, you know, and do the right things and eat properly and you know eat the right things in a sense, and you know, and you know, I was trying to get her to tell me whether you know, what I should do, you know, I suppose, you know, I was in a point where I'm thinking, okay, should I come home, should I not, and every time she would say, no, I'm okay, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Naturally, that's, that's perfectly normal. Everyone thought she was going to be fine, I thought she was going to be fine, you know, nobody knew. That conversation when I had, you know, saying, you know, help me, you know, just understand what you're going through, you know, make me, make me, you know, try and make me you know realize what it is that's happening to you in a sense and you know she just she just kind of I suppose brushed it off in a way and said look I'm going to be fine I will eat okay I'll you know she yeah. say the things that I probably wanted to hear and but I also don't think she knew Cash I don't think she yeah. knew exactly what was going on do you know what yeah. I mean I don't think she, she knew the extent of yeah. what was going on in her body because yeah. she'd been yeah struggling for some time and stuff but and then also at the same time, like, you know, I thought, okay, mum's health has never been... Exactly, know, yeah. Perfect. So therefore, you know, this is just going to be another thing. She's going to get through it. Everything's and she'll bounce be, back, yeah. Bounce back and, you know, it's not like she's, you know, in any, you know, she's not in a, you know, late 70s, early 80s, 90s, whatever. You know, yeah. seven years old. You know, she's just, you know, had an amazing trip in India for a, you know, uh, earlier in the year, you know, she's done some amazing things in the last couple of years. So she'll be fine. Like, she's just moved uh, into the new house. You know, there was, like, you know, a, an element of freedom that came from that. And then, yeah. and obviously, the way that last couple of weeks kind of transpired, it made me think, oh, my God, what is what is happening here? Why is this going on? And coming going back to here, when I was here, I was having these conversations with my friends around here and I'm thinking 
I just don't know what to do. You know, it's like I was working for a company that weren't particularly um, accommodating when it came to taking time off, you know. So, you know, naturally I was thinking I would go when I absolutely have to or, you know, or thinking about, you know, my my career, my job. Um, and, you know, looking back, you know, on those scenarios, I, I should have just left. I should have just gone, you know, and I didn't for... For you know all various reasons, you know I suppose the one the unaccommodating employers that I worked for, um, the 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 time you know difference, the the flying back, the you know all those sort of elements were in my mind, you know, and despite the fact that I knew that something was happening in mum, you know I thought okay I just have to wait and see what the doctors say, what you say. What yeah, and like you know, it's and I think what the hardest thing was was that mum had been unwell, you know, through most of my, you know, teens, late teens, and everything else. So she'd had her ups and downs. She'd been hospital so many times, and she'd come back and she'd been fine and stuff. And I think it yeah. was we all just thought it was going to be just one yeah. of those times again. You know, she's going to need a bit of looking after, and she'll bounce back again. And I don't think anybody knew. And then that's what was the hardest thing. Yeah, so uh, I, I, it it was um like um yeah I just didn't really know how to with it what what does what what was the right decision what was the right time what should I do should I not you know it's all those things that were going through yeah. my mind um you know and at the same time you're 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 doing your five days a week you're working away you're doing hours and you know you're thinking about what's happening and what's concerned you know, what to be concerned about, sorry, um, you know, and and then, you know, I think when the time came around, you know, uh, it was, you know, I, that very conversation of, you know, my, I'm only a flight away was was resonating and I'm thinking, it's okay, I'm, I'm fine, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, when you've made the call, um, the, the call to me on that Thursday morning, uh, and you just said to me that this is, you know, that the doctors have said there's nothing more they can do. And then my heart just dropped. And, like, I thought, okay, this is it. This is the time. I have to do something. I have to just drop everything. It doesn't matter what anything else is. I have to just get back. I have to fly back. I have to look at and be, you know, as rational as I can be, make the right decisions and just get back in time because, you know, I thought, okay, this is, you know, you've given me that information. I have to now just get back home. You know, that's what I have to do now. Um, so, you know, going through the process and the day, I phoned my employers. I think it was, I think it was 7.30 in the morning at the time when you phoned. Um, yeah. I made the call to my employers saying, I'm flying back. Um, I'm going to get a flight booked and I'm leaving. Um, they said that's fine and you know I said that you know they said don't come into work because the flights weren't until late afternoon early evening and yeah. I said, that's fine I'm gonna just take the time out book my flights um you know having I think I remember having a conversation with mum you know very much like a very distant conversation it was like she was there but she wasn't there you know yeah uh, you know and like the concern, the, the thought process and stuff that I was going through, I'm thinking, okay, it's fine. I just have to get back. I just need to get back. That's all that I'm focusing on. I don't care. 
Um, I think Sunita at the time was just like, you know, just it's fine, you'll compete to the airport or to whatever, it's not a problem and and, you know, everything was done. I was at the airport I think by four o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon. I flew you know, I think I messaged you saying that I'm just about to take off. I think it was there's a yeah. six hour difference at the time or something. I can't remember what it was, six hours I think it was at the time. Um and I remember making my flight decisions and thinking, okay, I had two options. One was the direct flight, which would have meant that I wouldn't have to worry about a connection and I'd get to London, I think it was at eleven o'clock in the morning, and then the flight um going via the US was getting in at nine thirty in the morning to Heathrow. So I'm thinking for the sake of an hour and a half, I will just book the BA flight because it's just going to be easier yeah. without worrying about a connection and changing over and stuff because it's just not worth it. Um, so I booked it on that basis. I thought for an hour and a half, it's, you know, it's nothing. It's no big deal. Um, you know, and that's where I booked it, got on the flights. And then, you know, I, and then obviously, you know, getting, getting back to Heathrow, um yeah Yeah. and and yeah and so that was my that was the the build up to the to the the time I guess and then you know getting back was the important thing and going back to that conversation that you know I'm I'm only a flight away you know it's not far I'm good anything will happen I'll be there you know and you know she even said to me on the on the day I was flying back, I think she said, I'm fine, don't worry about it. And I said, That's yeah. okay. you said that, you know, you know, it's okay, but I, I'm, I'm going to be back shortly. So, so obviously in her mind, she's thinking, no, I'm okay. You don't need to worry about it. And there I am, obviously knowing the news that you've given to me, you know, I thought, okay, I need to just get back ASAP. And, and, uh, yeah. And that was my build up up to the, the point of, when it all kind of transpired and you know yeah i think the the yeah getting back to london and then i think getting to the airport and stuff when you know i was it was just it was just the craziest moment and probably the hardest thing i'll ever have to deal with i think in my life hopefully never anything harder yeah um and knowing that you know i landed up I think or something on those lines and I messaged say I've landed and I'm just waiting for my bags and stuff and then and then you phoned um and then no you phone I I didn't phone you I said to you wait till you yeah, get yeah, with yeah and, no, and then I'll phone you and then you phone me straight away I think yeah I think that I phoned and then yeah because I think I was waiting for my bags at the time or waiting for yeah it's a carousel and stuff yeah and that moment when you told me, I was like, there was a thousand people around you, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of people around me at Heathrow Airport. And yeah. I was there all by myself. It was just like the, the most weirdest. Yeah. Time. It was just so, it was just surreal. It was just so surreal. Like, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. Um, you know, I'm standing there all by myself and there's millions of people around me like watching me just yeah. absolute emotion and tears and 
anyway, it's one of those things where, you know, not one person, you know, acknowledged and stopped. Not one person. It was all of that at that moment and there was no one to even hold on to or anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was like the... <laughs> Yeah, my entire life, and then getting to, you know, getting to Capri and Gia, who were picking me up at the airport, who, who are just amazing people. Like you know, he Capri would drop everything for me, and he's always done that for, throughout our friendship and stuff. And you know, he, I phoned him on Thursday morning. I said, look, I'm going to be at the airport tomorrow morning by, ten forty-five, eleven o'clock. I just need to go back to Birmingham. They said, yeah, don't worry, I'll be there, and he was there. And, you know, getting to, you know, getting to them and then having that hug, you know, from him and, and G was just like, you know, um, yeah. it was just like, oh my God, you know, um, yeah, it was just, just crazy, like, you know, knowing that all the things that I've said, you know, that I'm not far, you know, I'm only a fight away and, you know, I, you know, things like that happen all the time you know you could be down the road and and it could happen yeah. so, you know i have to you know be realistic about these scenarios but the pain of knowing that i didn't get back is something that i'll never fade um and yeah the, the memory will always like that moment when you when i phoned you and that, those words were like oh my god you know, how am i supposed to deal with this how am I supposed to move forward with this, you know, on the basis of what happened and all the conversations and all the things that I'd said, you know, it's like, oh my God, you know, what have I done? What did I do? You know, um, yeah, so I guess that's that was the build up to the moment and me getting back and, you know, being whatever, however many hours it would have been, probably five hours, six hours by the time you know, yeah. got back to Birmingham, or seven hours maybe, you know, seven hours too late, you know, and yeah. that's that's the thing that will never ever fade, you know, and you know, knowing that I made her comfortable, mum comfortable knowing that I'm only a flight away, I'm not far, you know, and I didn't make it back on time it was just like, you know and then you go through the what if, you know what if I'd flown back on the Wednesday when I should have, what if I'd you know, done it earlier in the week on the Tuesday when, you know, I'm naturally thinking about, you know, my job and my, you know, my employers and things like that. And it's all ifs, buts and maybes, you know, but, yeah. you know, the, the, the biggest, you know, thing will be, you know, that that conversation, those words that I'm not far, I'm, I'm only one flight away. Those... Yeah, but nobody knew, did they? No, like even I didn't know. You know, yeah. when all that happened, I didn't know. And I even I said to you, no, you know, you don't need to come back. And you know, we're here and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, and then obviously when it when we got the news from the doctor, and I told you, and it was just like, okay, you're you're on your way. And you know, they said it would be, it could be days, it could be weeks, it could be months. You know, that she could. And the fact that she didn't even make it, you know, 18 hours mm. is, is is insane. And, and I, you know, I always think about it and I think, you know what, as much as we have a bit of a running joke about you being mum's favourite and all of that. And I remember doing an interview with uh, somebody else not long ago and I mentioned it and I said, you know what, I think because Cash was mum's favourite, 
she didn't want him to see her like that mom didn't want to we didn't want you to see her in that way mm-hmm. because you know you were the the golden child <laughs> and we laugh about it we joke about it but I think there's some truth in it I do I do think there's some truth in it I don't think she ever wanted you to see what pain she was in and stuff you know and as much as it's heartbreaking and shit and everything else you know I hope you find some sort of comfort in that in some way because she didn't want you to see her like that I mean I would never think of it like that on the basis of that you know, I know, I know. But it's just not, you know. I think it, we we all have individual relationships with her, and you know, I I don't think you know. Obviously, your perspectives and Jay's perspectives, yeah, mine are different in how that works. But I think um I think it was yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of I suppose touched for you both, or for you to think that I'm I was Mum's favorite. You know, <laughs> I guess to me, I guess in my character, but you know, I really don't see it like that at all. But um, yeah, but you know, I'm touched that you think that it's very sweet of you, and you know, it's yeah, I guess it's a testament to mine and mum's relationship, I guess more than yeah, me. um, yeah. but yeah, it was it was just a tough, tough thing that I probably will never get over. Like every time I think about or have that conversation with anyone in my life you know it just brings me to a stop and the the tears just flow like within an instant like they're just there yeah and I cry at ridiculous things but you know this thing will never ever ever fade in my opinion I don't think ever in my life you know of knowing that you know I was far enough away and maybe you know it's yeah all those things all those things but that I I don't think it I'll ever I will ever build enough comfort in that to know that that was okay because it it wasn't like I will never that will never fade that memory will never fade and that Mm -hmm. the the overwhelming feeling within a matter of an instant of having that conversation will never fade like you know it's been you know three years um and it feels like I'm at the airport at that given moment, having that, having those words and that, <clears throat> those inform- that information that you gave to me, you know, I feel like it only happened like an hour ago or five minutes yeah. ago, how it feels like yeah. instantly. And that pain is just, yeah, it's, it's there. It will never fade. I don't think it will ever fade. Um, and I don't think I'll ever, really be able to you know forgive myself you know for for what happened and you know and I don't think I really want to because it you know it it's there it's my it's my thing and it's my I suppose my connection um to the end to that that point you know that, that end point of knowing what happened and you know what transpired and what was said and what she what she believed in you know because yeah you know in her mind I wasn't far you know like I'm gonna be there I'm gonna be fine and and yeah but those things will never fade ever. yeah you know but yeah I guess that was yeah my, yeah okay then well yeah it's it is shit I know 
yeah but thank you for sharing your your side of it all I think more than anything I just want to kind of ask you one one more thing and then I'll kind of leave it open to you but I just want to know like like people don't really talk about their grief very often um and obviously with what I've been doing recently and my podcast and my Instagram and everything else it's kind of opened me up to you know so many different people that have dealt with different kinds of grief and stuff um and most of them are women and most of them are girls and you know people that talk about it are the girls generally there's a fair you know very few men that do talk about it and stuff and which is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to Jay and yourself to kind of get your side on it and take on it and stuff um but I just kind of want to know how you how you think over the last you know three years how you think you've coped with your grief and how you've dealt with it and do you think you've dealt with it well or do you think you could have dealt with it better um just to kind of yeah leave it on that note I guess um I guess the process and the grieving process is um I don't think it will ever kind of stop, I guess, or or change or fade. I mean, it becomes, yeah. maybe it becomes easier to like deal with some of the, the emotion, I guess, that comes with it. Um, I think the, 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 the absence, you know, of, you know, not having that point, you know, that centipede, you know, center point of our lives, you know, as a family, is something that I guess you know will never really fade. I mean, as much as you know, it was such a long time ago with dad, you know, passing away, like having you know the parent there and then not having it there is just, I guess, I guess it will never really, it's just never really change and fade, or the grief will always be remaining in some element, you know, in some way, there's always going to be that that absence and that that sort of um the void that was left um in our lives and I, I guess you know moving past it probably doesn't happen you know no. I guess how we adjust and how we 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 try and accept that you know these things happen you know and it's how we whether we want to stay connected to it um I'm not a person that would ever suppress these things. Like, it's not me, it's not in my nature. Um, I am the person that I am, the, I'm the emotional being that I am because of because of my mom, you know, because of mom, sorry. Um, you know, and, you know, that, the grief and the process of dealing with that, that loss, you know, is, it may get more comfortable, it may get maybe, you know, I wouldn't say easier per se, um, but, you know, you just learn to kind of look at maybe the positives and focusing on the positives and the things that, you know, mum has left behind for me, you know, has left behind uh, her memories, has left behind the person that I am, you know, that's, those are the things that I, that I would focus on and have done for the last three years. Um, help me, I suppose, understand more than try and move on. Like, I don't think I want, I would never want to move on because 
they they are my parents they are you know they are the reason why i'm here today you know um so moving on and, and you know trying to push it away i would never do like it's just not what i'd ever want to do and the connections that i have with mum and dad you know are something that i i suppose live with every single day um and it's something that i will never want to let go of you know the grief grieving process i suppose is is an emotional connection that i look at it as and that emotional connection for me i don't think will ever fade like um the things that i do every single day every morning every day of my life you know bring me back to mum and my dad you know and sorry mum and dad sorry <laughs> that's fine that could be your mum and dad <laughs> yeah mum yeah. and dad every single day of my life because of, you know the things that i do the, the the things that i have carried forward you know that you know i know mum and dad would look down on me and think i'm you know they're proud of me they're proud of what i do they're proud of the person that i am the person that i've become um and those things are important for me to keep hold of more than anything you know if you know if there's if there are things that i want to keep hold of is is that connection i will never never want that to fade like it never will um i do things every single day every morning every you know every time you know that they i know that they they are there i know that they are watching over me and i know that you know they're both watching over me thinking that and i'm i know that they're proud of me and i know that they are you know always going to be there they're always going to be you know i make my decisions in my life now on the basis of you know how mum and dad would want me to make this decision in a sense how i want to move forward they would always be involved in my thoughts as to when i make that decision and that will never fade and i'm grateful for that you know i'm grateful for that and i'm grateful for the, the little things that you know i've been left behind by both mum and dad you know that i do every single day i i listen to hymns i listen to prayers every morning i do my we call darshan every morning i do my agarbatti every morning i you know i i do all those things i you know the decisions that i make you know that are you know massive changes and decisions in my life i base them on you know you know how would mum and dad think about this scenario the new relationship on i'm in at the moment how would mum feel about it is what i would think about you know i'm thinking okay would mum be happy with the relationship that i'm in right now you know and should there will always be there in my life there will always be there in in almost everything that i do in my life you know and that's that will never fade that will never change um because they are the reason i am the person i am today so uh, yeah so thank yeah. you that's nice it's a nice note to end on um i want to say obviously massive massive thank you for like sharing your journey and stuff um and giving me some insight on you know your relationship with mum and dad and your you know and how you dealt with everything um i'm going to leave it with you for the last bit if there's anything you want to say anything you want to share um yeah and then we'll end the interview okay i suppose the you know it's just maybe just looking at all the the things that were left behind and 
you know, the memories of growing up, you know, and one of the things that always brings me back to, you know, my, my parents, or oh, sorry, our parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you need to stop that now. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that brings me back to mum and dad will always be music like you know music is is massive part of my life like I, I listen to music everything and everything that I do almost like I, I had a car journey back from going out yesterday in the evening my battery had died on my phone and I had no music to play on the car ride back and I thought oh my god life is just dull without music <laughs> just dull without music and knowing that the things that I do like the, the music that I listen to you know kind of a lot of it like the Hindi music and stuff that I listen to all stems back to you know how I was brought up because mum and dad both used to listen to you know Bollywood music and Hindi music and you know hymns and prayers every day every day of our lives we would, would wake up to music in the kitchen with, with mum's mm-hmm. tape recorder or dad, you know, doing bhajans, you know, and those those things are always in my life. And music is like, for me, my comfort zone. Like I listen to um, music that always brings me back to mum, brings me back to memories of mum, and it's the most it's the most amazing feeling, you know, to know that I can I can find, you know, probably. A thousand songs that will bring me back to mum every single time, you know, every single time, you know, and and then obviously new memories come with you know some of these things like you know your wedding, you know, music is is what you know brings me back to those memories of those days and you know brings yeah. me back to the days of mum's birthdays and you know you know all those things, all those things. It's the prayers, the the hymns, the music, the 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 singing along to mum singing along to songs that she shouldn't be singing along to <laughs> all those <laughs> things you know it, it's just yeah like for me music is probably one of the most important things in my life like without music I think my life would just be dull and crap yeah. and I'd find it a real struggle to get on with life without music and and that's my comfort like it brings me back to memories it brings me back to feelings to thoughts and you know, everything that bring me back to mum every single time and dad yeah. you know when I listen to the very old school music and stuff it would bring me back to dad but um yeah um and that's where I think I guess maybe for many of us you know I guess we find comfort in that but um for me it's very much like I have to have music everywhere <laughs> so anyway yeah but, um I guess thank you for your time as well and thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my my grief process I think um and I hope you know as you say it's you know maybe it is a guy thing but you know guys you know men out there in the world they have to recognize that you know that we are emotional beings and that sometimes it's important to show that emotion and to show that connection to the you know the family that you may have had or the people that you're grieving you know you can't suppress these things and you have to recognize it and that showing emotion is actually makes you a a better human being in my opinion rather than suppressing them so i'll leave it at that 
Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm going to leave it on that note, guys. Um, and I'll speak to you guys next episode. Take care, everybody, and speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks. Thanks very much. Bye. 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 Bye.